Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Sports Talk Chicago, second segment here of the program. Great to be with all of you across all of our great radio and TV affiliates, WKAN 105.5, the ticket ACTV, City's 92.9 FM, WJOB and Gen TV. George Offen, still our guest, been in the business 40-plus years, has a new book, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, recently out. Uh, we talked about a lot of that in the first segment. We're going to get to a little bit of a plug of that later, but George, You've obviously been a big fan of uh, this program. You've still been putting out your thoughts about a lot of stuff going on in Chicago sports on your Twitter account. So I do want to start. I want to really talk about the Bears with you. Um, What do you make of what you've seen from them this season? (laughs) It's not been very good. (laughs) Listen, they have a long way to go. And the key to all of it, of course, is Justin Fields. I'm not 100% sure they've made up their mind yet, but he is going to be playing against the Lions and admitted today that he's still not 100%. He's going up against a very, very good football team, but he's going to have to be really good because if he's not, it is going to accelerate management's determination on what it's going to do next. Clearly, they've got probably, the way things are going, the first pick in the draft with, with Carolina's pick, and then... You know, who knows where they're going to finish. I'm looking at their schedule now, and I can see the possibility where they lose every game. Uh, The weak players on the schedule, (laughs) the weak players on the schedule, the Bears are weak, what the Cardinals, the Packers, and the Falcons. You don't think all those teams think they can't beat the Bears? They're not going to beat the Lions twice. They're not going to win in the Dome in Minnesota. They're not going to beat the Browns. So, I mean, they could go five and 12, you know, four and 13, maybe get the fifth, fourth pick in the draft. And clearly they're going to have to look at another quarterback. And that's bad because that's the hamster in the cage going round and round and round. And when they got Trubisky and we knew he was going to fail, I said that could take a decade. Well, it just might. You know, you hate to do that unless you get lucky and you get a guy who's, you know, taking the Houston Texans to places they didn't think they could go. But those are few and far between. So it would, the best case scenario, John, is that Fields is the type of quarterback he was for those two, those consecutive games where he threw eight touchdown passes. I don't know if that's going to be the case. We're going to find out Sunday where he's at and where the Bears are at. But it's still a work in progress. Uh, my guess is when everything is said and done that Matt Eberflus will not be the coach here next year. Ryan Poles will still be the general manager. What they do remains to be seen. Well, wait, George, if they go 5-13, and 13, that's a two-game improvement. You're going to tell me that that's not enough justification for Matt Eberflus to stay? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, man, talk about a train wreck, at least at the head coaching spot. I know you mentioned... Ride polls. Yeah, he's probably going to stay. He's probably going to stick around. What do you think about Justin Fields' future in Chicago? Do you really think he's the guy for this team? Uh, I highly doubt it. I, I I highly doubt it. It still remains to be seen. Uh, basically, we haven't seen that with the exception of those two games. If on Sunday he performs at a, and he's going to have to perform at a high level, and again, he's coming off a thumb injury, and he hasn't played in nearly five weeks, that they are probably looking carefully at some of those college quarterbacks. 
which by the way, is a crapshoot. And I believe the Bears have proven that along with a number of other teams who have taken players that just didn't pan out in the first round that were quarterbacks. And so they could pick any one of four or five quarterbacks in next year's draft and they could hit or miss. And that's the gamble. Seems like they've been missing more than hitting the past, what, 30, 40, 50 years, maybe all time as a franchise. What do you think Uh, about uh, Ryan Poles and his future? You said that you think he's going to stay. How do we judge him then moving forward if he sticks around and this team goes 5-12 and and, and has another bad season? No, I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I don't think you want to get rid of a, a, um, a general manager that quick. He's made some good moves. He's made some bad moves. Um, the Claypool move was a disaster. I like the move he made with Sweat. I do, even though he is not one of the top pass rushers in the game. Um, in the first two games, he's he hasn't had a sack, but I think that that's partly because of the rest of the players he is working around and they haven't had a lot of health on this team. However, I will give Eberflus credit that the Bears defense has played better in recent weeks. And their offensive line has actually been pretty good, meaning, but, but I want to I backtrack here because last year, everybody looked at the Bears offensive line with Fields and said the Bears offensive line was terrible. Do you realize it ranked 15th in the league? The reason that Fields was sacked as much as he was was because of fields. That's the problem. So if he gets sacked a lot on Sunday, it may not be so much his protection, but it may be him holding the ball too long. We're going to see. We'll see whether or not there's been some progression in that. And it is worth noting, George, you bring up a great point that in the games in which Tyson Bajan has started, he's been sacked less than five times uh, the entirety of the season. Now, I'm not saying that Bajan's better or things of that nature. But in terms of getting rid of the football and avoiding sacks, it's pretty undeniable that he is better. What did you think of his short stint starting for the Bears? Well, I mean, I think he Tyson Bajan proved that he's a good backup. That's that's what he is. And he's going to be he's going to be that kind of yeoman guy in the NFL for years to come. Uh, he's got foibles, but he's also young. I mean, you know, all of this stuff has happened in, what, three or four games. In the case of Fields, it's happened over three full years. I think Bajan will improve, but he's not going to be the Bears' future. That's for sure. Could he be their backup next year? Possibly. Could he be somebody else's backup? Possibly. Uh, I'm sure that the Bears would love to keep him, even if they bring in another quarterback. So, I mean, impressive in certain ways. But also, this is the NFL. It's not Division Two football. <laughs> George Offman here on the program on Sports Talk Chicago. John's Glue here with you. John Meadows directing and producing. We're on six different stations on television and radio, joining all of you here today. George, want to talk Cubs now. Big move by Jed Hoyer. They hire Craig Council away from Milwaukee. He's going to be the manager. They fire David Ross. A lot of things going on. What was your reaction when you heard about it? Well, I was pretty stunned, to be honest with you. I, I None of us knew. Nobody knew. Everybody thought he was going to go to the Mets or perhaps another team. So it's a bold move. And if you think about the Cubs in their history, it's not like it's the first time that happened. 
Do you remember a guy named Dusty Baker? How about Lou Pinella, followed by Joe Madden, and now Craig Council? And by the way, he's not being overpaid. He's being paid for what somebody wants to pay him. And the Cubs decided they're going to pay him $8 million a year. Is he going to be the difference? We'll see. The Cubs have some major work to do here. Uh, there's nothing that says that Bellinger is going to come back. I think they have some interest in Candelario. But they have to replace, basically, a first baseman slash third baseman slash center fielder uh, they also have to upgrade their pitching. And I'm glad that Marcus Stroman decided not to pick up his option. I was never a fan of his. You know, baseball supposedly has decided, or a lot of experts, wins don't matter. It does to me when it comes to a person like Marcus Stroman, who in eight, I believe, full seasons in the majors has never won more than 13 games. And before this season, he was under 500 when he started games. And so here he was, he was great. And then suddenly he has an injury and of course he doesn't win 13 games. So they have some work to do. I, I know that they are thinking big and I'm sure that they're thinking big in terms of Bellinger and Shoei Otani, who is not ticketed to anywhere as of yet. Uh, they made a huge presentation to him in 2017. He was very impressed and it's gonna cost a lot of money because he can't pitch now for another year. Of course, you could hit 60 homers for the Cubs at Wrigley Field. <laughs> but you know, that price tag could be anywhere above $500 million. I, I think the Cubs are willing to make that move and spend that kind of money because they wouldn't have spent the kind of money to bring Craig Council in here. They've got to improve this team. Um, and they've got the basis of a pretty good team. Now, a lot of people are talking in terms of next year with the possibility of trading for the Mets first baseman or trading for Juan Soto. But remember... They share the same agent as Bellinger does, and that's the notorious Scott Boros. I don't think he has ever signed a player in his walk year. So everybody's thinking, oh, if the, if the Cubs trade for him, you know, they can negotiate a kind of, no, 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 that's not going to happen. If you do that, <laughs> if you do that, you're trading certain commodities to rent the player for one year like you did Bellinger and a hope that you can get to the World Series because – and, and to be honest with you, I don't think the Mets are going to trade their first baseman. I don't think the Padres are going to trade their outfielder, whom, by the way, doesn't play center field. He plays left field and some right field. And the last I looked, the Cubs have a gold glove left fielder and a pretty good right fielder. So there's a lot of work to be done. Maybe Reese Hopkins is an option at first base, certainly a possibility for at least a pillow contract. But I think they're going to be looking at going for it next year. Do you think they're ready for that? I mean, I would love to see them win 97 games, get to the World Series. But as this roster looks now, I don't think that's the case. So you're assuming if they go out and spend some more money, bring in some key pieces, that they could be a legitimate World Series contender in 2024. Well, when you take a look at it, if you're going to make a trade for a player who's in his walk year of his contract, the answer is yes. If Bellinger decides to come back on a long-term contract, and I believe that he is going to get anywhere from eight to 10 years at up to 300 million, because that's the way Boris works. And so if he does and he comes back here, well, then you've got not only a center fielder, but a guy who can switch off and play first, but you have a kid out there in center field whom the Cubs are very high on. 
And I know he didn't hit when he came up. Okay. Neither did Ryan Sandberg. And the last I remembered, Robin Ventura was 0 for his first 42 with the White Sox. How did that work out, by the way? So patience, Cubs fans, just patience. What about the White Sox, George? Um, obviously, so much tumult and turnover in their front office. I actually liked their coaching staff hires. Um, I know Chris Getz came out and said publicly, I don't like our team. That was his quote. What do you think about their offseason to come and their future moving forward? It's not good. Um, and on top of that, they lose Jason Benetti because the White Sox wanted him to do more home games or more games, period, for them. And he said, no, I have another career. And Detroit <laughs> is willing to, to honor that. And so he left. Um, they're rock bottom right now. I mean, they are truly rock bottom. Jerry Reinsdorf has taken them rock bottom from his decision to bring Tony LaRusa back to finally firing Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams. I like both guys, but that should have happened years ago. And so the bottom line now is they have they have Yohan Moncada, who's in the final year of his contract, is going to make $24 million. They have Eloy Jimenez, who I suggested they trade two years ago. He's injury prone. If he's healthy as a DH, he could probably help somebody. That's the problem with him. He is always hurt. They have no pitching. Who's pitching? They have two starters. They have Dylan Cease with an off year and Michael Kopech, who I suggested they traded two years ago because I don't think he has the head to pitch. So they have a lot of work to do. And they've got a manager who I don't think quite understands what he has, which is not much. The White Sox will not be a contender next year and probably not a contender for years to come. You mentioned Jason Benetti leaving, and I think a lot of Sox fans would concur, saying this is now rock bottom with, with him heading out. When you heard about that news, obviously it, it was shocking. Um, I don't know if you've spoken to him since it occurred or at least shot him a message, but what did you think when you heard about it? Not surprised. No, I just wished him well. Um, you know, like I said, he was just a wonderful guest on the podcast. But this is the way the White Sox do business. When Jerry Reinsdorf does a press conference, which he hasn't done in years, and said, no, Shohei Otani, we're not going after him and laughed about it. Well, guess what? If for some reason Shohei Otani said, I'm interested in the White Sox, you wouldn't pay him? He'll pay for himself. He'll bring your franchise back to life. And that's the problem with the White Sox is the matter of how much they pay their players. When... Uh, ben Attendee is the highest played player in White Sox history. You've got a problem. That is so well put. Yes, Andrew Ben Attendee, who, and I like that signing, but I'll tell you what, you, you made a great point. And that was a four year, $75 million contract, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he is the highest paid player in White Sox history. And I know that. Jerry Reinsdorf has come out and talk about the payroll, 180 plus million. We, we had the highest payroll in team history. But the fact is, then, who they're paying is not working because the players that they're paying are not performing. And now they're in a situation where, like you said, aptly, they've hit rock bottom. Yeah, they had uh, collectively a lot of bad years. And he has a philosophy 
a philosophy that I'm not totally against, and that is paying pitchers long-term contracts. Um, but he never paid a long-term contract to a guy he should have, and that's Mark Burley, you know, <laughs> guy who never broke down and really a Hall of Fame pitcher for the White Sox. Um, mm-hmm. But Dylan Cease, two years left of Dylan Cease, see you later, because if he's good, they won't pay him. They just won't do that. And so I know a lot of fans always say the same things, John. You know, sell the team, sell the team. You hear that with the Bears, sell the team. Well, first of all, that ain't happening with the Bears. <laughs> but somewhere along the, the line, the White Sox will do that because Jerry Reinsdorf is 87 years old. You just hope he doesn't sell to somebody who moves the franchise out of town. The White Sox are still the Chicago White Sox and should be in. You know, if they're looking to to get another stadium or to repair the stadium they have, which they barely paid a penny of rent on because Reinsdorf's <laughs> a pretty good businessman. If you want this franchise to win, you have to rebuild it and you have to learn how to spend money. George, um, certainly appreciate all of your time here today. Um, talking about your book, talking about all the things going on in Chicago sports. Last question before we finish up, where could people find this book? Where could they buy it? How can they help support? Well, first of all, you can get it at your local bookstores. I will actually be doing a uh, bookstore, Barbara's Bookstore in the Yorktown Mall in Lombard on Friday, but also online, Amazon. Well, certainly you get the book on Amazon. Uh, It's a wonderful gift. The price tag is cheap like Mad Magazine. It's only $22. And so it's, and it's, it's a fun read. It's a wonderful read with 50 wonderful human beings telling stories uh, about themselves. It's bringing them to life, which is exactly what the podcast was. And I thank you greatly, John, for all of the support that you've given me over the last number of years with this. There's always that, that's always that, that, Twitter like and the, the Facebook stuff and vice versa. And I, uh, and I sincerely appreciate it. And you are the future of our industry where that goes. I don't know, but I know you'll be with it. Well, George, I appreciate those kind words. Um, one more thing. And I, I want to make sure we get this in. Do you know what time it's going to be at on Friday in Lombard? So some of our yes. listeners maybe want to, yeah, I'll be there from six 30 to eight 30. Okay. Uh, signing books and looking for all the donations you can give me. No, I'm just kidding. Just signing books. (laughs) Well, George, thank you so much for joining us. And everybody listening and watching, uh, 6.30 to 8.30 Friday evening at the Yorktown Center out in Lombard. You can meet George, get a signed book, and hang out with him. Uh, George, again, thank you so much. And as you mentioned, too, and I want to make sure I say it, you know, the consistent support from you when it comes on social media all the time, retweeting my stuff, you know, we like stuff back and forth. We're always texting, you know, staying in touch. Um, it is certainly appreciated. And for somebody like me who's young in this business, it's always great to hear from somebody like you, to learn from someone like you who's been at this a long time and has had really a storied career. So I just want to say thank you. Certainly appreciate it. And also happy to make sure that we get this out there to our listeners. The great book coming out here from George Hoffman. Great. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. We'll be right back here on Sports Talk Chicago. Stay tuned.